Well, good morning, church. How are you this morning? I'm so glad to be with you. And uh, I wonder if we could just take a moment as we begin and have a word of prayer for your pastor. And now, Lord, we agree together for your touch on pastor. We thank you for what the doctors have done, what the nurses have done, what the medicine has done, but most of all, Jesus, for what you have done. And so we ask for continued healing on pastor this morning. Let him know right where he is, your presence and your touch. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's good to see you. Uh, I, I need a baseball cap there. There you are. Uh, so nice uh, to be with you. And of course, this morning I brought my wife. I want you to meet her and I want you to want to tell a little bit about her. You mind if I brag on my wife for a moment? Uh, first of all, I want you to know, yes, she is taller than me. And she likes that. We've been married this summer. It'll be 46 years. We have three children. They're all married. They're all serving the Lord. And we have six grandchildren. Our uh, youngest son is in Baltimore. Our daughter, the middle one, is in Louisville, Kentucky. And she is a, uh, she works for adopt, Christian adoption agency and she oversees those Christian adoption agencies. So we're very proud of her. And then we have a son that's in Hawaii. <laughs> it's tough, you know. He married a girl from Hawaii. So every other year we have to go there <laughs> to see the grandchildren. There are two grandchildren, Luca Rose and Bo, and they are something else. Boy, I'll tell you about them sometime. But uh, our daughter has uh, two children with her husband. Her husband's a firefighter, and uh, they adopted a boy from Taiwan. His name is Silas, and they have another one whose name is Alex. He has a lot of bad habits, so I call him Bobby Alex after me because he's in trouble a lot. Uh, and then we have uh, Tony Anthony in uh, Baltimore. His, him and his lovely wife, Candace, they adopted a little boy from South Korea, Saja. In South Korean, that means lion, and, and boy, he is. And so uh, we thank God for our family. Debbie comes from a missionary family. Her mom and dad were missionaries in way back long time ago. Used to be called Upper Volta. Now it's Burkina Faso. And so Debbie grew up on the mission field. And so she took me on years ago as a missions project. And it's still a work in progress. It's still ongoing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I want to tell you that not only is she have a great missions history in our family, but uh, she's been an awesome pastor's wife. She has, and uh, in charge of women's ministry and all kinds of uh, things like that, uh, raised three kids and me, the fourth kid. And, and it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey. Uh, later in life, and we won't say how old she is, but I'm older than her. And, and uh, she got her she studied and got 
her credentials when we lived in uh, Florida uh, through the Penn, uh, Penn Florida network. And uh, then she went on to get her ordination. She is an ordained minister. We have the same uh, level of credential. And uh, she is an awesome little preacher, too, I want to tell you. And uh, just a wonderful woman of God. And I wanted to introduce her to you and let her share with you for a minute. Can, would you make Debbie feel welcome for a minute, please? Well, good morning. It is very wonderful to be with you. Uh, we have pastored for the last seven or eight years. We've pastored actually in Lower Borough, so we've been your neighbors. And we uh, they started to work there uh, through uh, as a campus church through Monroeville Assembly of God. And uh, we are so thrilled today to say that now that church is a sovereign Assembly of God church on its own, and that is Christian Assembly of God right there in Lower Burrell. So we have been your neighbors. We still attend there when we're, when we're uh, not preaching or, or we're in town. Uh, so we still consider that our home church. We retired just six months ago. So this retirement thing is new to us. Uh, but it's been what we've enjoyed these last six months since retiring from pastoring is that we've been able to visit some of the area churches, uh, churches where our friends are pastoring. And so we've just so much enjoyed being able to visit different churches and worship with other congregations, you being one of those. So it's a joy to be with you today. Um, and we're going to be back with you in two weeks. Two weeks. Yes. Two weeks we'll be back. Yes. So if you like it, come back. If you don't, I can recommend another uh, church in Lower Borough. <laughs> we won't do that. <laughs> uh, one of the things that my husband has done uh, since coming back from Florida to Pennsylvania is uh, start the School of Ministry for the Pendell District. Uh, like my husband said, I came through School of Ministry in Florida. It was a wonderful experience. Uh, I, I came through and was licensed and then went through the, the next year of classes to be credentialed and ordained. And so it's an incredible, incredible program, giving people an opportunity to pursue ministry. Um, you don't even have to pursue ministry if you want to just learn more about the scripture and take classes just for fun. Uh, but we have information. Uh, our campus, the closest to us would be in Irwin. Uh, but Bob can tell you more about PDSOM, uh, the district school of ministry that we have right here in uh, our own district. Uh, I will say that Bob, even though he's retired from pastoring, he's staying very busy, uh, doing, still doing DSOM for the district, but now he is also on the executive committee uh, for all of uh, the nation, uh, the District School of Ministries, which there is 37 District School of Ministries across the nation. And so now he's serving on the executive committee of that as the compliance officer. So he's basically policing all of them, making sure they're doing the right thing. Don't um, say policing to a guy from New Kensington. Oh, Don't okay. <laughs> but anyway, I just wanted to greet you this morning. Uh, if I haven't met you yet, please come up and introduce yourself uh, after the service. And we are so thrilled to be with you this morning. We appreciate the invitation from your pastor. I have also pamphlets for 
uh, District School of Ministry after service. If you're interested, if you'd like some information, please see me afterwards. Thank you. Thank you, dear. The wonderful thing about the School of Ministry is it doesn't matter how old you are, as long as you're 18 and above, maybe you've already had a career and you're retired. Maybe you've sensed God moving, God stirring, God calling, but you can't uh, move to a Bible college. This allows you to study in, in a three-year period in the school year framework of taking one class per month for three years, and that satisfies the educational requirement for Pendell uh, for you to be uh, go through the, the certification process. Just by going to school, you're not awarded a credential, but there's testing, but this satisfies the educational requirement. And so uh, we're pleased to say in we're in our seventh year, we have four campuses, Irwin, Bethlehem, uh, Wincote, which is the Philadelphia area, and Camp Hill. We have four campuses. Uh, Bethlehem meets on the first Saturday of the month. Both Irwin and Wincote meet on the second Saturday of the month and uh, Camp Hill meets on the third Saturday of the month. We've just passed, would you believe, in less than seven years, we've just passed the enrollment of 450 people studying in Pendell School of Ministry and believing God for to perfect their calling, God's calling on their life. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. Uh, one other thing I want to tell you about, uh, Debbie mentioned this year, this coming September, we're starting a one-year Bible Institute. It's a Bible Institute for lay people. Maybe you're a home group leader. Maybe you're a Sunday school teacher. Maybe you're a, a uh, just love to study the Bible. And we have put together one-year Bible Institute. So you don't take any theology classes or, or practical ministry classes. You take every month a different a uh, portion of the scriptures, whether it's Corinthians or Acts or Romans or Old Testament uh, survey or Pentateuch. There are nine classes. If you love to study God's word, this is for you. It's for the lay person. And we're excited to begin it this fall. We believe within nine months, we'll have over a hundred students uh, and you're all welcome to it. Love to tell you more about it at another time. Say amen. Bob, are you ever going to get to preach today? Uh, yes, I believe we will. Listen to that rain. Would you listen to that rain? Anybody leave their car windows down? It's a little late. Uh, you might be familiar with our last name. Uh, Laycock is a uh, Belgium name. It means the rooster. So I'm going to crow at you for a while. My mother, however,'s maiden name was Rosetta Maria Pisano. That's a little bit Italian. So buckle up today. Uh, but mom and dad were the founders of maybe you've heard of over the years, Lazarus Tomb Coffee House. Anybody ever hear of Lazarus Tomb Coffee House? That's mom and dad. Dad's gone home to be with the Lord. Mom's still doing coffee house work in uh there in Arnold. So I feel like I'm home. Can you say, be at home, Bob? I was going to kick off my shoes. Uh, no? Okay. If you have your Bible, do you have your Bible with you today? Turn to the book of 1 Kings 
1 Kings chapter 18. Is that going to be projected? Hey, wow. Uh, I do this in pastoring. I teach our people to stand as we read from God's word. So would you stand? And also because you might not like sitting for an hour and a half. That's how long I have to preach, right? Hour and a half. No Steeler game today, but there's hope with Kenny coming, isn't there? First Kings 18, and I read from the New King James, if you'll follow along. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. Then he bowed down to the ground, put his face between his knees, and said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. And seven times he said, go again. And it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising up out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind. and There was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and read ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Lord, I thank you this morning for your word. I don't ask you to anoint it because it's anointed already, but I ask, ask you to anoint my mouth and anoint each ear to hear what you have to say to us today. And we thank you for that in advance. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We really are having a wonderful background to this story the Lord has provided with this rain this morning. I, I, I didn't arrange that. I can't take any credit for that. But it's raining out there today. The leader of the country was corrupt. His family was also not one of the better families in the country. His father was known for his cruelness as well. Does this sound vaguely familiar? There was a prophet in the land who had just confronted the prophets of Baal, called fire down from heaven, and then had those heathen prophets killed. Now, on background, can I rapidly tell you what happened? In 1 Kings 17 and 1, 1 Kings 17 and 1, and Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, except by my word. That's a pretty powerful statement, isn't it? If you drop down one more chapter, 1 Kings 18, and it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. Now, in 1 Kings 18 and 17, then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said to him, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? And Elijah answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father 
house have in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals? How is it whenever the Christian says something and the world ignores it or does not listen, but when that something bad happens, Christians get blamed for it? Can you figure that out? It happened right here in Elijah's day. It happens today in our world. I could spend the rest of the morning recounting activities around the world as, is, as to how the Christian is being blamed for the world's ungodly ways. Somebody say amen. amen. I'd like to point out, though, Elijah, it says in the scripture, was just like you and me. Turn to the person next to you and say, Elijah was just like you. Now, that's a scary thought, isn't it? In James 5 and 17, it says in 18, Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Now, I'm a preacher, and I want to tell you there's a neat little uh, sermon right there. You're taking notes, yes? You're, yeah, say yeah. Don't lie in church, say yeah. Thank you. There's a great sermon on persistent prayer right there. He prayed it would not rain. He knew when it would rain again. And then he prayed it would rain. It's the second point that I'd like to explore with you this morning. He knew when it would rain again. And I thank you, Lord, for providing that rain outside right now to illustrate this sermon to you. There is the sound of abundance of rain. Can I take this sentence apart for you for just a few minutes? Maybe a couple hours. If you're making notes, write this down. There is. There is. The phrase there is, is a declarative statement. you got to help me and say amen. When you begin a sentence with this phrase, you're not questioning whether or not something exists. It had not rained for three and a half years. And Elijah makes the declaration, there is. If you get anything I say today, would you write this sentence down somewhere? It's going to mess you up. I promise it will change your life. As Christians, we are there is people in an is there world. Write it down. We are there is people in an is there world. The world asks these kinds of questions. Is there a job out there for me somewhere? The world asks, is there someone who can help me raise my children? The world asks, is there an answer to the big questions of life? The world asks, maybe you know people that are asking, is there hope for my marriage? Is there someone who can get my kids off drugs? The world says, 
Is there any other way besides evolution? The world says, is there a purpose for my life? The world asks individually, is there anyone out there that really loves me? But where there is people in an is there world, and I'm somewhat concerned that there's a whole lot of is there people in the church, and that's become a, a wishful people, a wondering people. But as a believer in, in Christ and a believer in God's word, we say there is. Would you say that out loud? There is. I'm going to mess you up. I'm going to mess you up today. Our hymnology. Remember when we used to have hymnals? Anybody remember that? Our hymnology reflects this attitude. We used to sing, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. You know that song? Wave at me. You know that song? Yeah. We used to sing, there is a name I love to sing. I love, I long to hear, I long to sing its worth. It sounds like music in my ear. The sweetest name on earth. And the chorus goes, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. We used to sing, there is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. A place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. Oh, Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who wait before you near to the heart of God. We used to sing, and it's a, tune, it's a tune by Melody Green, There is a Redeemer. You remember that song? We used to sing, There is a river that flows from deep within. You're singing it, aren't you? There is a fountain that frees the soul from sin. Come to these waters. There is a vast supply. There is a river that never shall run dry. How about this? We used to sing, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Can you say hallelujah this morning? We used to sing, there is strength in the name of the Lord. There is power in the name of the Lord. We are, there is people in an is there world. Can you say amen? Elijah comes out with a statement. There is the sound of abundance of rain. It's a declarative statement. It's a statement based in faith in his God that is unshakable. This is not a know-it-all attitude. This is a declaration of faith that God cannot fail. How many believe God cannot fail? Hallelujah. I'm just getting warmed up now. There is a sound, Elijah says. There is a sound. It's okay if I have a drink of water?
Elijah makes this statement prophetically. Before anything happens, he climbs up the mountain. He prays the first time before he sends the servant to look for a cloud. There is a sound. After the seventh time, his servant reports a cloud the size of a man's hand coming up out of the sea. Would you stick your hand up in front of you? Look how how big. Uh, Maybe do it this way, landscape. Some of you want to do it portrait, right? Landscape, portrait. Either way you put it, this the a cloud the size of the man's hand is no indication of abundance of rain, right? So where did Elijah hear this sound? Was it an audible sound that he heard? Where did this sound of abundant rain come from? Stick with me for a minute. It came from in here. In his spirit, he spoke what God was doing. And prophetically, as the man of God, that little cloud, that it hadn't rained in three and a half years, doesn't make the sound of abundance of rain. How many of you, God's dropped something in your spirit? prophetically, before it ever happened. You say, "Where did, did you hear that with your ear? Or did you hear that in your spirit? Aren't you glad God still speaks to our spirit? Yeah. Aren't you glad God still speaks to us by his word? God is looking for some people with vision. That would have been a great time to say amen. I haven't heard much from this side over here. Check your neighbor. God is, I'll say it again, it's free. God is looking for some people with vision. There you are. Some people who are listening to what the Spirit says, and not what the world says. That was weak. I'll say it again, because you got to get it in you. Some people who are listening to what the Spirit says, and not what the world says. Some people who are willing to hear what the Spirit is saying in these days to his church, there is a sound. Number three, there is a sound of abundance. How many like to go to a smorgasbord? Anybody old enough to remember Johnny Garneau's over in Monroeville? Yeah, there you are. I love to go to a smorgasbord. My wife hates them. I just belly up to that trough. I put the plate down and start eating. You can tell, can't you? Can I tell you? God does not deal in lack. God deals in abundance. Aren't you glad? Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Third John 2 says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, 
just as your soul prospers. In Luke 15 and 14, the prodigal of the prodigal, it says, but when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Any of you ever been in want? Any of you ever lived in want? Anybody know where want is? You know that because you used to live there. Yeah, yeah. God doesn't deal in want. He deals in abundance. God blesses his people. We don't live in want, but under God's blessing of abundance. Somebody shout hallelujah. America is the world's breadbasket. This country is so blessed from her 246 years of history. Why? Because this history was founded on seeking God and serving God. Say amen. I think you're beginning to wake up now. There is a sound of abundance of rain. Shh, shh, for a minute, just listen. You hear that sound? That's a lot of rain. Isn't it nice to know God deals in abundance of rain? I don't have to tell you about rain. You're hearing it right now as the background music to this sermon. God was sending rain on the earth after three and a half years. The drought was going to be over. Everything and everyone who had been dry for so long was going to be experiencing rain and a lot of it. Now, rain speaks of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in scriptures. God wants to send an outpouring of his Holy Spirit right here. Do you believe that? God wants to send an outpouring of his Holy Spirit right here. Those who have been dry so long and for long need the rain. How many would say, Bob, I need rain in my life. I need the outpouring of his spirit in my life. For some of you, it's been a dry place for a long time. God is sending rain to water your dry and parched spirit. Would you raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me, Bob. Let God rain on me by his spirit. Hallelujah. A few years back, I was invited to go to Morocco. It's a Muslim country. And uh, I said, okay, I'll go. There were about 15 on our trip. Five of us were going to meet with some of the highest levels of the Moroccan government, like the president's cabinet. Four of the people that were going to speak were doctors. And then there was me. We left on a Friday, arrived on a Saturday. We were whisked off from uh, flying into Casablanca up to the ancient city of Fez. We had a wonderful dinner. I don't know what some of the things were that we were eating. The one fellow said, here, you have to try this. And I'm Italian, and unless it has spaghetti sauce on it, I'm not eating it. You understand? 
He says, try this. I don't want to try it. Try it. I'm trying. I'm in a foreign country. You're supposed to eat whatever they put you for you. So try. Okay, I tried a little bit of it. It was kind of orange and kind of meaty. Looked like uh, uh, nacho dip. It was a nacho dip. After I tried a bite of it, they said, it's sheep brains. I said, I said, don't do that to me anymore. They don't have that at Walmart. So they asked me that Sunday morning if I would bring a devotional thought, and I shared this thought, there is a sound of abundance of rain. Now, our group was constantly under supervision from government officials. It was a, Mar- it was a Muslim country, and here we were, Christians, coming to their country. And so we had uh, guards with us all the time. We, we never spent more than two nights in one place. They kept moving us around the country until finally we had the meeting. Well, that Sunday morning, there was a man who sat in on our devotional time. And obviously, he was some type of official in the government. He was watching me like a hawk. I mean, afterward, he came up and introduced himself for me, to me. And he... uh, he was attached to the king, King Muhammad V, the protector of the Jews. That's the official title of the king in Morocco. He was, and I didn't know this until after he approached me, he was the king's speechwriter. Go, ooh. Go, go, ooh, ooh. Ah. And he said to me, You don't know how important your message was and it is to Morocco. Rain is vital to our lives. Oh, didn't know that. Okay. Then he asked if he could use my message in the speech that he writes for the king of Morocco. And you know what? The guy stuck with me like glue the rest of the time we were in Morocco. Wherever I was, he was right beside me. I mean, it was incredible. You want to know what else was incredible? He wasn't a native Moroccan. He was from Greensburg, Pennsylvania. (laughs) Only God, only God can work like that. There is a sound of abundance of rain. If Moroccans need to hear that, we need to hear that. Can you say amen? I want you to remember, we are there is people in an is there world. Turn to the person next to you and say that. We're there is people in an is-there world. There is a sound. Where does that sound come from? Maybe it's an audible sound, 
But more often than not, when God speaks to you, it's a sound in your spirit of abundance. There's no lack with God. There's no lack with God of rain, of rain, of the outpouring of the Spirit of God. Have you ever been on one of those lazy river things? You get on them in a tube and you just float around. That's the way I I feel that we are carried along by the Spirit of God. That as that rain comes, as we just float along the river under his direction, it's a wonderful thing. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me this morning? Lord, I pray that you would now take these words that you gave me and uh, cement them into the lives of these believers. I pray, God, for the next few minutes that you would manifest yourself among us, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would meet every need here in your name. Hallelujah.